0: As the season changes here in the triad, so does the feeling of being outdoors. The humidity lessens, the mosquitoes start to disappear. It's just more comfortable. But as those things drop, so do the temperatures. So how do you make sure you can still enjoy being outside? Well, here's a solution. How about a screened-in porch with a fireplace? I feel more relaxed just reading that sentence. Our friends at Icon Custom Builders have been transforming homes in the triad since 2005 and can help clients enjoy their homes year-round through all seasons. Whatever is on your wish list, large or small, Icon can help. You dream it, and their full-service design-build team can turn it into reality by guiding you through every step of the process. Just visit their website, IconCustomBuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today.
1: This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to the Downtown Winston-Salem Podcast. Today, I'm here with Reverend Willard Bass, who's with the Share Cooperative, who is doing business as the Harvest Market, and it's a new co-op grocery store opening up on Peters Creek Parkway, just on the other side of the baseball stadium. And this is a great honor to talk to you today, sir, and we've got... A new co-op grocery store on the verge of opening—a long journey—and we wanted to talk to you and hear the whole story. So, Reverend Bass, I wanted to talk to you about tell people what is a co-op grocery store uh, first.
2: Good question, Jason. Um, a co-op is a um, an entity that's uh, grounded in community. Um, we use, when we used to talk about the share cooperative, we used to talk about the early establishment of uh, our nation. Uh, after the world wars, uh, communities were uh, divided, right? They needed infrastructure. A lot of rural areas then uh, found cooperative uh, membership as a way to uh, gain people's uh, confidence. Um, mm-hmm. It's a uh, place where people own you know, the business, if you will. And so you can see a lot of things like power, light, electricity, all those early, you know, uh, infrastructure needs were actually organized and managed by co-ops. And so we said that in our work, if we're going to do something that's going to include the community, then what would be the best model for that? And after understanding a little bit about co-ops, we said, let's let's do a co-op where folks buy in, they, uh, they embrace the vision and they become a member. And if they want to manage, uh, or, or operate and do some work, then they join, they join the board or they join uh, actually as a, uh, as a working employee. So, yeah.
1: And it's been a successful model for grocery stores in many cities. I know um, Asheville and several other cities in the state have them. Um, sh- share some, uh, some other uh, similar uh, operations around the uh, region.
2: Well, that's a good question. Also, Jason, when we started the work, we actually decided that we wanted to go across the state mm-hmm. and find out you know, who was doing cooperatives and, and what was the basis of the doing cooperatives. So you're right. Asheville has one there. There's also uh, one in Durham. Uh, there's one in Greensboro. Uh, there is uh, several. There's one in Raleigh, the whole Raleigh-Durham area. Uh, the one that, that in in Greensboro is Deep Roots. I will mention the name of them because they are a member of an association that we're a member of called the National Growers Cooperative. There's 150 cooperatives that belong to this association. Uh, membership brings a lot of benefits as a part of that. So we went over there and met with them uh, last year. Um, the the director over there um, uh, was very open. She shared with them, she said, look, if you need anything, let me know, we'll come help. And so this whole, if you will, culture of helping right, and and birthing the work comes through the corporate model and Deep Roots is a very good example
1: of that. You know, I've looked at, um, we've had many people talk about grocery stores downtown and they will say, well, we just can't, downtown can't be its best until we have a grocery store. And so I've looked at the co-op grocery model. And quite frankly, it requires a ton of work for the person. It it would be more than I am capable to do. And so and I've never been able to talk someone else into it to do it. And so you and I don't know each other extremely well, but I have followed you in this process. I've admired it. And I know a lot about the, the business, but I think one of the things that people look at I think grocery stores are a very, like, if you say grocery store, it's a very wide range of thing. Like, uh, it's a general term, I guess, if you will. Right. And, for instance, if you just look at brand names, there's a big difference between Whole Foods and Aldi, or Lidl and Food Lion, and, uh, you know, Fresh Market and Walmart Neighborhood Market. Sure. And describe how you guys are going to fit. Describe kind of the offerings in the store and how you guys, obviously you guys are a specialized operation, but tell people how you fit into the overall like menagerie there. Okay. Uh,
2: so the description you gave, Jason was very, uh, uh, on target and in tune. The thing that we had to look at as a result of those type of mixes, we had to determine, okay, what is our reason for being in business? Why do we want to do grocery, right? And so um, so about five years ago, then we had the opportunity to kind of look around the community and see what was going on. And what we found uh, with the city that there were, there were places called food deserts, I had no idea what a food desert was until I began to work with the city. It's a government definition of, of, of a community that doesn't have access to healthy, nutritional and accessible food within two miles. And so with that then we said, okay, uh, if there's food desert, then you know, let's, uh, let's find out where they are. And so we went over to the city and they showed us uh, a map where they were and there was 11 of them at the time and predominantly they're in the black community. They exist from all the way up from Liberty Street, all the way down to um, South Main you know, past wall town. And so we said, okay, if that's the case, and they, 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 you know, this food is here, then if we already said we want to do a grocery, then what does that look like? How would that be successful? And the thing that really hit us was that there is a lot of other uh, issues and disparities that existed in these areas that if we were going to do a grocery store, we, we felt like we wouldn't have a very good advantage in order to make it successful. Right. So we looked around and one of our board members pointed us to this area over here in West Salem. It came and he brought us over. He said, look, he says, this place is where you want to be. Used to be a food line here, he said. You look at the parking, you know, he kind of analyzed it. Look at the flow. Looks like you said, the ball field. He said, this is where you need to be. So we said, okay, let's do that. So we started meeting with the property owner and uh, was able to convince him of our vision, this idea of addressing food insecurity, and also uniting the community around a cooperative model. Well, what we did then, we hired a uh, a couple of professors, one that actually does co-ops, the other one that actually did financials. You know, we had to have a performer. And it was doing that that, that financial uh, analysis that they did, that they identified these other competitors that we have, right? And the other competitors, most of them, they're in the business of making money. It's all about the bottom line. And so we said, number one, we're not going to be about the bottom line. Our, you know, uh, community store is going to be about people. Now, the question is, okay, what do we want to do about that? Well, we knew this area here was a foodie area. The idea of people, you know, they're really concerned about their health, right? And so we said, okay, let's do this then. Let's have what we call 70-30 split, which meant that we were going to have 70% of, of sustainable organic kinds of foods and 30% basic staples just for this location because we knew the people were here to do that, right? So when we got to do the numbers, we said, okay, that's fine. We've always pitched it like that. But the thing about it, okay, we got people who have needs, you know, what are we gonna do for the people who have needs? And so we had to make sure then that the product mix would be uh, accessible for people who have needs. And so we have addressed that in several ways. So what is our niche is number one, community. Number two, pricing, we'll make sure that we can get in. Number three, uh, the fact that we're gonna be a community that's welcoming to everybody. We think that that's gonna help us to be the niches.
0: The Triad Podcast Network is sponsored by Jennifer Johnson, owner of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and a local certified financial planner who helps people plan for big financial goals such as retirement or college. Especially now, navigating markets is challenging, particularly for those gearing up for retirement, young professionals, business owners, or retirees. Am I saving enough for retirement? As a business owner, do I need a workplace retirement plan to attract and retain key employees? Am I using the right individual investment strategies? Personally, I had some of those questions. Plus, how do I save for my kids' college education? So I went and got local independent advice from Jennifer and her team at Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They're located at Winston-Salem, and you can get started like I did with a complimentary, no-obligation consultation right here in the triad. Just call 336-701-1600 or email jennifer at the number 3-magnolias.com, jennifer at 3-magnolias.com. And be sure to catch Jennifer's podcast covering all sorts of financial tips, trends, and strategies right here on this same feed with the Triad Podcast Network. Securities offered through Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Cetera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity.
1: I think that um, it's likely that from what I've gathered from visiting other co-op grocery stores is that what I've found is that, for instance, as a parallel conversation, I look at co-op grocery stores, and I could be wrong, but I think of it as a specialty or a niche sure. product, a lot in the same way that downtown housing is. And I do a lot of speaking, and people say to me, I'd never live downtown. And so what they do is they superimpose that opinion on the entire population. Right. And I tell them, guys, we only need 1% of the population to come downtown, and we're going to be booming. Right. Right. And, it, and I think it's a parallel to the co-op grocery store is that you guys are going to have your base of customers, your fans, your supporters who believe in your mission, and they're going to be loyal to you. And that's the plan, I assume?
2: Yes, exactly. So, uh, Jason, again, a very good question. Um, so. The way we had to get at that one was that there was a co-op in Greensboro called the uh, the Renaissance, mm-hmm. and we modeled our co-op after the Renaissance. So we spent a lot of time over them. We met with them and um, and we saw what they were doing. But the one thing that we learned from them, of course, we know they closed. You know, again, due to some factors. And those those factors were the ones that we then had to look at. Right. And one was that the factor that they had was the fact that they decided that that co-op was going to be for the community only. In other words, it you know, it's kind of like it's mine, right? Right. Well, we know in business when you have Especially when you start talking about food and, and, you know, uh, markets, you have to have a very good flow of customers in order to be successful. And so that's the thing where they lack. So what we have done is from the very beginning, we have pitched our co-op as being uh, addressing the immediate community, but it's a co-op for the broader community. In other words, you know, we have people from Kernersville, we have people from... um, uh, Mount Erie. We have people from Clemens. We have people from the South that are members of our co-op. And it's because we said that even though co-ops are usually uh, specifically addressing uh, an immediate need in a specific community, we say we, we want this, community, this co-op to be community-driven. And so we're then saying members and we have about 500 members now we're saying you tell us what you need what you buy and then we will get it in the store we actually started out with a, most of our products that came from our distributors when we first started because we didn't know about buying and they told us well this is what people are buying so what happened though was when our, our members started coming to the store they said well you don't have this juice right or you don't have you know uh this product and they said, okay well fine we go get them so now our, our product mix is made up of, of our members and so we're we're member driven in that way. We listen to our members. We want to make sure our members, you know, are, are, are met. And so anyone, anyone, you know, who wants to have a place where they can be in a part of a community, where they can get their needs met through the food, and they can make a difference is a, is what we call the share card of what's the same doing business as the harvest market.
1: Yeah, that's not typically the kind of uh, environment that you're going to walk into in a for-profit grocery store at all. And I think that's really a lot of people, if they look at things that, we ha- don't have in Winston-Salem that other cities have. We're slowly, hopefully, getting to the point where there's few of those things, but a co-op grocery store until now has been one of those things. And if but for any other reason, in a progressive city, we want to have a variety of different options. And a co-op grocery store, you're providing with your group of volunteers. And if but for any reason, that's a great reason to support it, yes. I would imagine.
2: Exactly. Um again the idea of, of being a cooperative we think have several advantages right The idea of um, and being a creativity uh, and the idea of an ideas being brought forth uh we certainly want our community to have to have buy in in that way right we've actually des- designed the store so that when you walk in the store there's a hot deli, yep. and the deli is going to then provide a week of a variety of different foods we're going to have uh, a, a mixture going on from each week to week international food. Uh, Italian food, you know, soul food, right? That will be a draw. And then there's a community space in there where people can come and sit. You can order your food and come and sit at a community space, use our Wi-Fi, right, and have a meeting. And so across the community, these other places that have been opened that we have come and capitalized on as well, we want people to come and be a part of it and not just think it's a place where you can go do business you know, as a consumer, but come and
1: and be a part of the community. Almost like a coffee shop to some degree, but with a uh, full-blown version of uh, offerings for food, prepared food. Exactly. You know, I walked in and uh, to the store when I, before we walked over here to oh, your okay. office, which is around the corner, so I had a right. chance to peek, and it's looking extremely good. It's very right. nice, very modern, and I think people are going to be very excited about it. The Triad Podcast
0: Network is brought to you by Ashley McKenzie Sharp and the Sharp Mortgage Team, who are here to tell you that there are options for people in Winston-Salem ready to buy a home but are hesitant because of interest rates. The Sharp Mortgage Team can help buyers in many ways, including using North Carolina down payment assistance and a program called the 2-1 Buy Down. How does it work? The buyer pays a fee at closing to reduce the interest rate on the buyer's mortgage by 2% in year one and 1% in the second year. This temporarily lowers the buyer's monthly payment to make the home more affordable. Then, in two years, the buyer can look to reduce the interest rate by refinancing the house. Now that so many homes are on the market, this is a fantastic way to negotiate with the seller so that you both win. The Sharp team is here to help buyers all around the triad purchase their next home. Get started with a simple email, ashley at sharploans.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y at S-H-A-R-P-E
1: loans.com. Ashley
0: at sharploans.com.
1: Let's talk about the transaction itself and how you, as a customer, do you need to buy a membership upon entering the store? And what does that look like? Very good question.
2: So, uh, the store itself will be open to anybody, right? Uh, the memberships will be uh, that special kind of thing that gives you access to a different kind of specials, discounts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have ongoing kind of community things, we have a newsletter. We always have events that'll be going cooking classes, right? And food preparation, uh, advocacy kinds of things are going on. So as a member, then you will have access to all those things, but anybody can come in and walk in off the, off the street and then shop in the store.
1: And if people want to become a part, it's a nonprofit board. Yes. Okay.
2: So the structure though is a little different. So what we have then is a share Uh, Inc., right? This is a nonprofit. That's where we do all our program. We have things like food pharmacy and care boxes. These are are, uh, things that will address, you know, the health issues in our community. Uh, Diabetes, high blood pressure and cholesterol are major factors in um, the the health um, um, disparities in this community. And so so Share Inc. will address those kind of things through through programs. The harvest market then is the business, right? It's the place where the, the, the food market exists. Um, we're going to be hiring employees. Uh, we'll have volunteers, but we will not be run by volunteers. We said that we did not want to, you know, deal with that right now. We think it's a good idea, but we need to be very, you know, uh, intentional and, uh, professional about what we're doing. So we're going to have 20 employees to start with. We're going to pay them uh, $16. We already know, you know, minimum wage stuff. And we know the disparities that, that our community has around having jobs. We don't want people to have two or three jobs. We want them to have one job. And we want to be focused on the idea of building community and then also providing for their own needs. So that would be, we think, those are some advantages there.
1: Those are some things that I think people want to support. And I think when they have options for grocery stores, they should consider coming uh, to this one. And how can people help beyond shopping here?
2: Well, uh, I think number one, the most important thing is the fact that, you know, uh, get the word out, you know, that we're here and uh, and come and speak with us. I mean, you know, our door is open. We have a share center here that as as access operation, but also as a community center. So come in and, you know, feel at home. We believe that this is a safe space. We believe that this is an open space. We want to do everything uh, contrary to the traditional way that we do life. We're saying, let's, let's, you know, let's be creative. Let's break the mold, you know. And so a p- person can come in and learn about that. And then there's going to be some volunteer things that we're going to have needs. And what we do, we like to connect people their passion through the volunteerism. So we won't just say that these volunteer opportunities exist. Come in, let us talk with you, and we'll give you an opportunity to share your passion, and we'll see where we can connect.
1: Where would people find you on the Internet?
2: Uh, that's a good uh, question. www.share-ws.coop. Is uh, the share Inc. and then www.harvestmarket.store is the store site. Uh, we have Facebook. It's the same thing. W uh, share ws uh, dot co op is our uh, Facebook address. So,
1: Harvest Share, uh, what's in Salem is. If you you Google that, you'll probably come across it. That's exactly right. <sighs> this show is
0: presented by the Ginther Group, a real estate team based right here in the Triad and the only ones we trust here on the Triad Podcast Network. I've been podcasting with Blake Ginther and his team for a few years now, always blown away by how well the experts at the Ginther Group can make sense of a rapidly changing and oftentimes chaotic real estate market. I know I feel smarter after each episode we record right here on the Triad Podcast Network. Then when it came to sell a home, I chose the Ginther Group. They steered me in the right direction at all times in terms of how much time and money to invest in order to maximize the things I wanted out of the transaction. And we ended up selling for nearly 10% above asking. Look, I can't guarantee you the same results, but why wouldn't you at least meet with them and see what's possible? Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to see if The Ginther Group can help you own your future. Now back to the show.
1: I have to tell you, I couldn't be more impressed with what you've accomplished. I've seen a lot of people talk about doing a co-op, but very few people actually get this far to doing it. And congratulations. And given that, Reverend Bass, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to this point. And before we close off, I think it'd be nice for people to know a little bit about you and and When they see you and listen to this podcast, maybe they'll walk up to you and say thank you for your hard work and know who you are a little bit.
2: Well, thank you, Josh, very much for the opportunity to even share with you today. Um, I am originally from Fayetteville. My father was military. I grew up uh, early on traveling the world. Uh, so I, I had a chance to spend time in Germany on two occasions. And each one of those times in my mind was being uh, open to the, the bigger world. I actually go up during segregated times, you know. And so at, when we came back from Germany, uh, it was segregation. And so I was used to going to the movies, my family was used to going to the movies and being in public spaces, you know, without any issue. But then we came back to America at the time and had to go through this segregation kind of thing. So that's in my mind. But also this vision of a bigger world is in my mind, it's always has been that way. And so I grew up with that. And so my thing is that I think God put on me this idea about community. You know, my thing is, how do we be an authentic community? What does that look like? And so I went from a corporate way of being, I shut my company down and came into ministry full time in '99. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I was kind of listening, and I went over to Wake Forest and uh, I, I uh, applied for their um, MDF program. And you know, I spent two and a half years after going over there and seeing racism. I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, uh, ashamed of saying that. But again, our, our, that's our that's our nation, that's our way of being. But the thing though that caught me was saying, okay. If I got to Divinity School that's built on faith and religion and this idea of community, what is the problem? I had to really dig into that. So by the end of the time I graduated, I had an idea in my mind, of a way to address that. I decided that I wanted to start an institute that would be here in the community. And instead of doing like a corporation, would do, would hire someone to come in and then they would go out. This organization would be here. So we called it the Institute for Dismantling Racism. I actually was a part of the Green Street Church then as assistant pastor. And from there, what, what I was able to do then was to have some trainings. We trained. For like seven years, we had the, king, the team concept that we, you know, we developed teams. But then we saw that people stopped doing the work, and we did figure out how could we, you know, what can we do to change that work? And that's when we came up with this idea of the cooperative model. I'm a minister by training. Uh, my partner Gary Wiz, We have has nothing um, said about him. We would not be where we are if it had not been for Gary. Gary is a bureaucrat, kind of a person. He's retired, but he has a certain way of being. So God put two people together with totally different types of experiences, right? And abilities. And then we would have been able to work together very well. And so I'd love for you all also to remember Gary and continue to lift that brother up because he's done as much of work as I have on this this journey. Uh, Come by, see us, say more. Uh, Let's change Winston-Salem. Let's make Winston-Salem a place where we can all be together.
1: Thank you, Reverend Bass. That was an incredible, uh, you know, I think inspirational commentary, and I agree with you. And thank you for being on our Downtown Winston Sound podcast.
2: Well, thank you, Jason, for having me. And I look forward to connecting with the Downtown uh, Partnership in the future. Thank you, sir.